Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, December 1st. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is Jared Bates, better known as Fatty. How's it going, Fatty? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, You're here from the Illegal Ham to the Face podcast. I'll give you a shout out for that real quick. Um, Before we and before we just move on and go through the show real fast, why don't why don't you give some some uh, Twitter handles for you know for yourself and for your podcast? Uh, We are Illegal Ham to the Face. You can find us at Ham Illegal. Uh, we're just a podcast that talks about food and Cleveland sports. It's Browns, Indians, Cavs, whatever. And then you can also follow me on I am that fat guy, and the fat is with two T's. And don't get it wrong, I am not fat. I am chubby, but I play pool and everybody calls me fatty. So that's how that got started. Excellent. Yeah, and you were talking about uh, Minnesota fats. I mean, I'm. You know, I don't know if you ever, um, I don't know how long it's been since he's not been around, but I remember actually watching him play pool on TV. I have never watched him play pool. Uh, They actually picked it up. I started watching The Hustler, Mm -hmm. and all my friends were like, oh, my God, that's you. I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. I'm like, no, 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 no. And then that's how it got started. Yeah, they used to show pool matches on TV. I mean, this was back when I was a kid, but I remember watching watching him play against Willie Moscone. They were the two best players, I think, in the world at that point. So it's pretty cool stuff. I have to ask you, how was it watching those two play? Because I've, I've never I've seen recordings, but I've never seen it actually live. Well, um, you know, I mean, from a little kid's perspective, it was it was pretty cool because I mean they're. Um, I mean, they're just so good that that you never know um, if, if if one guy misses one shot, you know, it, it's over pretty much. <laughs> you know, the games don't last long because, uh, you know, the other guys run at the table and stuff. So um, it, it was very interesting. It, it was a lot of fun to watch. So, so we're going to talk we're going to talk uh, we're going to talk a bunch of Browns. Oh, can't wait. Before we do, we're going to talk about our Blitz beverages. So, we like to let the guests go first. Oh, I still have a little Cleveland Underground whiskey I'm drinking right now. I got uh, Cleveland Underground Black Cherry, and I love every bit of it. And then, on the side of it, I got a little Christmas ale I'm sipping on. From Great Lakes. Excellent. You know, I do a every now and then. I I, I try to each Friday at five send a tweet out. You know, kind of celebrating the five o'clock whistle on Friday and say, "Hey, what's everybody drinking in celebration?" Man, a lot of people are drinking a Christmas ale, which is just smart, I guess. But um, <laughs> you know, Great Lakes, Great Lakes is doing pretty well with that. <laughs> Yeah, and I uh, I actually took a six-pack down to my sister. She's never had it. Yeah. And she took the first sip of it. She goes, why haven't you brought this down more? I'm like, I apologize. I'll start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of good Christmas sales out there, but Great Lakes is, I mean, it's the original. 
you know, and it, it's, it's an excellent beer. So wise choice. Uh, I pulled out a Warped Wing Brewery Creep Show Smoked Porter. And uh, <laughs> this, is, this is a beer done for Halloween. So uh, I got this a little bit ago with a, with a mixed six pack. Um, the alcohol content is 6.66%, which I'm sure they were shooting for. Uh, it's good if you you know if you like like smoked teas or anything that's smoked uh you can definitely taste that smoked flavor in this beer i'm enjoying it so um definitely worth a shot if if you like anything smoked so give it a try now fatty we're going to uh we're going to move on to one of my favorite parts of the show and that is where we where we give the guest the floor let you talk about your journey as a browns fan so gonna give you a few minutes just to uh kind of tell us um you know you know um you know either how you became a browns fan uh some memories uh you know anything anything unique or special favorite players anything you want to share about your about your life as a browns fan so when i became a browns fan now beforehand and i you can't bash me for this because i'm left-handed I used to be a Bengals fan, okay, because of Boomer Esiason. Okay. At the time when I was growing up, he was the only left-handed person I knew and kind of wanted to be a left-handed quarterback, and there wasn't that many of them. So I kind of grew up that way. But when 99 happened, okay, I was still young enough that I started following the Browns. And it, it came from my stepfather, um, Jeff, and we would watch every Browns game. And the best memory I have of like the startup was the Hail Mary from Couch to Kevin Johnson in the end zone against the States. Mm-hmm. And I went absolutely insane because I, I've never seen anything like that. Now, granted, I've had misery ever since then, <laughs> as we all have, but... I'm not one of those ones that kind of like I like the Bengals because of one player, but I like the Browns because of the team and the tradition. So watching now and watching how everything goes now, you know, every Sunday I get a call from my dad. And by the way, my actual real father is a Steelers fan, which is amazing for me. Um, Mm. But all my family and friends, though, even my sister, brother-in-law, everybody else is Browns fans. So it is quite nice to actually call family and be like, hey, what would you guys think of the game? And then we start talking about it and having a good time. But, you know, just that first initial reaction got me hooked with Couch to Kevin Johnson. And as, as soon as it happened, Grand, that team was just hot garbage. But that one win just kind of just it it sucked me in like okay and then every now and then we get that same kind of thing like with uh jamie meter blocking a field goal granted crappy year but we're there and every browns fan is always behind the browns it doesn't matter if they go in 16 you're still there like <laughs> you know it's like yeah. it's it's amazing as a browns fan to just feel that 
Now, granted, I had to feel it on the back end. Like, I remember watching Bernie and, you know, living those times of the late 80s, like, early 90s-ish. But it's a different story for me because I'm on the backside of it. Like, I remember everything, but it's like, okay, well, now I remember this more than I do that because at that time, I was think I was seven when yeah. Burke was in charge, and I remember Vinny Tessaverde as the quarterback for the Browns. You know, like, it's just I remember Brian Sype as a quarterback. So it was, it was weird for me to make the transition and be the new age of the 99 forward and just dealing with everything that we had to deal with. Right, and you've lived in Cleveland your whole life? Actually, I have not. I grew up in uh, Coshocton County, which is about uh, two hours south of Cleveland in a very, very small town of West Lafayette, Ohio. And down there, it is Steelers down there. Like, there's Browns fans down there, but it's like speckled because you're an hour away from Pittsburgh. But what's really funny is when I became a Browns fan, I was all the way over towards Indiana when I became a Browns fan because I moved to Lima, Ohio. And if you've never been there, you got to go there. It's a great place. they got great food out there. I have been to Lima, yes. Have you had the Cupid Burger? Um, I have, I have not. I, I've been, let's say I've been probably through Lima more than I've been in Lima. Okay, you took the 75 down, right? 75, yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) there's a a chain there. There's only, it's like a, it's pretty much like Cleveland Switzens. Okay. Okay, it's what they are over there. There's only three of them left, and they are only in Lima. But if you can picture Switzens in a very small town, that's where it's at. All right. I'll try to remember that next time I head north. <laughs> head north? Where are you from? Well, I, I well, I'm I'm from Cleveland, but I, I live in Dayton. I've lived in Dayton for quite a while now. Um, really, since uh, since my college days. But uh, I'm always going to be a Clevelander at heart. <laughs> wow, you moved to Dayton. Now I have some old stomping grounds down there where we used to drink and have a good time. Oh yeah. But we can't say those on air because <laughs> we'll have to talk off air if they're yeah if they're still open. <laughs> I doubt they're still open. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of things have changed since I had stomp on grounds down here. I'll say okay. that. Let's put that out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, let, let's move on to talk some talk some football. Uh, Browns eight and three. Man, that feels good. It feels really good. Oh my! It, it, I I put out a trivia on our podcast that just came out, and I want to ask you it. So since '99, we have over under 100 wins. 100 wins, and we're taking this season out. So since '99 till now. Over under a hundred wins for the Browns. Um, let's see. Well, that's what twenty-one seasons, so it'd be just under five once a season. I would say. I would say it's under. 
It is over by one. It is 101. Okay. I figured it was either 99 or, or, or right right around there. <laughs> uh, it, it was unreal when I saw that. And to see that the Browns are actually 8-3, and people on Twitter are going crazy about Baker and everything else, they won, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did win. They 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 beat the Jags uh, twenty seven to twenty five, and my prediction for this game was thirty to twenty seven. I actually came close on one. <laughs> That's a really good prediction because I think I was way off on that one. I think I picked a blowout. Well, well, here's the thing: uh, the Jags have played. The, the Jags had played almost everybody all season close. Uh, so you can look at the record and see that you know they had lost nine games in a row, but they were in almost every game. They really weren't getting beat badly, and they were playing good teams tough. So I expected them to play the Browns tough. You know, I mean, I would have been fine with the blowout <laughs> as long as as long as the Browns won. But I, I expected I expected it to be a, a fairly close game. You know, I didn't know it was going to be a two-point game, but, uh, you know, I, I expect it to be fairly close. Um, you know, I'm, I'll let you kick it off, Fatty. What what, what were you, you know, what stood out to you in this game? What were a couple of your takeaways? Uh, the first takeaway was uh, the inconsistency of Baker. And the only reason why I say it is because he made some phenomenal throws. He really did. But, you know, the miss in the end zones, it, it could have been a blowout if he actually would have hit those. I mean, overthrown Higgins and those. Um, the one thing I did, I mean, can we not just give enough love for Chubb? I mean, let's be honest, right? Everybody loves There's, Chubb. Yeah, yeah. We, <clears throat> we can't say enough about Nick Chubb. There, There's I, not enough to say about Nick Chubb. I mean, this team runs through Nick Chubb, and that's it's no knock to Kareem Hunt. It's no knock to anybody else on that team. But how Nick Chubb goes, it seems like this team goes. Yeah, um, Nick Chubb in the in his three games back, fifty eight rushes for three hundred eighty four yards, two, um, you know, maybe three touchdowns <laughs> if he decides to go in the end zone. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, 6.6 yards a, a carry. It's unreal. And like we were talking tonight, of, I mean, would you put him in your top three now? Because I put him second behind Derrick Henry because I, Derrick Henry is a man alive. But everybody else has kind of dropped off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've got a bunch of stats. So let's. Let's come back to Derrick Henry when we move on to the Titans, if that's all right with you. But but I agree. I, I agree. Nick Chubb. It's that's pretty much Nick Chubb and, and Derrick Henry. But yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of numbers, so we will talk about those two guys because it's going to be you know it's going to be well I'd say fun to watch, but it kind of depends how the game goes next this coming Sunday. Um, I didn't mean to spoil it. No, that's all right. That's all right. We'll get back to it. So, um, I mean, I, I agree. Baker, you know, Baker missed some throws, and he made 
and he made some very good ones too. Um, you know, uh, Baker, Baker's Baker right now. I feel like he's still, um, he's still learning. He's still trying to find consistency. He's still got some issues with his mechanics. You know, he still th- throws off his back foot sometimes and, you know, just doesn't look comfortable at, at some points, but other times I see him, you know, moving around in the pocket a lot better than he did even early in the season. And, you know, I, I see some growth in some areas, but, but not in others. So I really feel like there's, you know, like, like he is progressing, but I know that he's not, uh, you know, I know he's not a finished product, uh, but for me, it, it comes down to, he's, he's not making mistakes or he's not making as many mistakes. Uh, um, he's not making mistakes that, that, that cost the Browns games or cost the Browns big points. Um, you know, if, if he misses a guy in the end zone, the Browns are generally able to, uh, you know, that for the most part, they're making up for that in other ways um, versus some of the, you know, the, the picks that we were seeing last year that were just totally deflating to the team. So, I mean, for me, that's an area of improvement. Uh, Baker hasn't thrown a pick, I think, since the Bengals game. I mean, he hasn't thrown a lot of touchdown passes either. But just the ability to hang out to the ball is is definitely a positive, and that's something that you want out of the quarterback. You don't want all these turnovers. No, no, you really don't. And the the great thing about what I'm loving seeing about Baker is he's actually in charge of this team now. Like beforehand, yeah. you had Odell, you had Jarvis with their hands in, but it seems like besides Chubb, the next man up is Baker, and he's actually just controlling what he has to control to win the game. And everybody can say that, oh, he's just a game manager and he's this. You know something? We're Browns fans. That's fine. Guess what? We're 8-3. and three. What does it matter if he's not a complete Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Tom Brady? Let him be him. We're 8-3. and three. What, What's the big deal? Yeah, yeah. Those those guys just don't grow on trees. I mean, it, it's no, great if you can get Mahomes or Rodgers on your team, but that's not that's not the goal of an NFL team. The the goal is to get a good, competent quarterback to lead your team, to not make mistakes, to give your team a chance to win, and to keep your team in the game. And and if you can get a, a superstar like those guys that can go out there and just take a game over great but there's only there's only a handful of those guys that come along every 10 years that's just how it is i think what it is is every browns fan is seeing the patrick Mahomes, the justin herbert the the guys that are coming out and just lighting it up right out of the gate and mm-hmm. we saw that a little bit with baker but also, you also got to factor in, we had Freddie Kitchens, obviously who wasn't ready for anything. And then now we actually have a stable head coach. And look what the stable head coach has done for him. Yeah, yeah. He's the ball out of his hands and put it in everybody else's. 
so that he can actually have time to grow. Right, and that's that's the key. I think Baker can learn and make up for a lot of these little things over the next what you know season plus uh, plus the few games that are left this year, and and hopefully get closer to to the finished product that people like to see him to see him be. I mean, he you know he lacks touch on his short passes. He misses open guys sometimes, but. All you got to do is go on Twitter. Quarterbacks miss open guys. Okay? It happens. These guys are not robots. You can't expect perfection out of these guys. They, they should hit the open man. But everybody's entitled to, you know, everybody makes and is entitled to a mistake here and there. So you're looking at the overall consistency. And I think Baker has been a lot more consistent this year you know, he, he's kind of settling into a consistency where he's, uh, you know, hitting a percentage of his passes. He's not throwing the picks and he's, you know, throwing throwing touchdown passes here and there. Um, you know, I think that's that's what we expect until he, you know, until he just kind of keeps learning more and, and grows. And, you know, maybe he'll hit the next level. Um, if If not, you know, he's pretty darn good right now. Yeah, but you still have a solid quarterback to go on. It's not like he is uh, trash or anything. It's it's weird because everybody's like, Mariota, you know, because he threw too many interceptions and blah, blah, blah. It, it's just nice to actually see a stable team because he actually realizes where this team is at, and it's with Chubb and Hunt. It's not with him. Yeah, Baker doesn't need to throw for 4,000 yards and, and yeah. 40 touchdowns. And he doesn't need to throw – he doesn't need to have 50 attempts. Him no. At, no. Him at 25 attempts is all he needs. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Browns were actually down uh, a little bit in the rushing attempts in this game, you know, versus last week. But uh, – but it still worked. Um, you know, there, it, as long as you get Nick Chubb 18 to 20 carries, you're probably going to be okay. Hey, Baker had 29 attempts, which is, you know, it's a few more than, than you want him to have. But he had two touchdown passes. So, um, you know, it was against a weak secondary. So they were probably okay with giving him a few extra uh, a few extra tries. But, um, but like you said, it's not 40 or 50. Yeah, uh, it's not Aaron Rodgers where he's thrown it 45 times. Right, but, you know, on, on the other hand, I think you have to give Mike Glennon and James Robinson the credit that they're due and the offensive line of the Jags. Uh, Mike Glennon hadn't started a game in three years, and the guy looked pretty decent. He really did. He played a, he played a, good, he played a pretty darn good game. James Robinson is, is an extremely good back. He had, a, he had a, just another good game for him. Uh, the Jags just aren't a pushover. Um, you know, the, the Browns could have scored a lot more points. They could have. If if some of the penalty calls weren't made and if Baker hits a few more passes, the Browns could have scored probably, you know, 35, 40 points in this game. But, you know, they, they didn't need it. They got the win. It, that's all that matters. We are 8-3. and three. We are top five in the AFC, and we are second in the AFC North. <laughs> that's something else. Yeah, who who would have thought that? 
I mean, just really, we have been sucking hind tit in the AFC North for how many years? We're second. A lot. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I don't know what the odds were in Vegas for the Browns to finish ahead of the Ravens in, in the standings. And I know the season's not over, but for the Browns to ever even be ahead of the Ravens in the standings. Um, I could have got pretty good odds on that. I, I put 100 down on the uh, Browns to make the playoffs. Excellent. <laughs> and by the way, it was 20 to 1. 20 to 1 for the Browns to make the playoffs this year? Yes. I didn't know that. Because of COVID. Wow. I would have put 100 on that. Well, you got Just to. And yeah. by the way, the great thing about my wife is, is if it's over 100, I got to talk to her about it. If it's under 100, I don't have to say shit. <laughs> that that is sounds like, fair. That uh, sounds that's fair. What, and she did the same thing to me with wine. She goes, but each bottle was $15. I'm like, honey, you bought 16 of them. Still $15. All right, honey, I love you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so eight and three. Let's move in to the Titans game. I don't know what to think about Titans. Uh, this team and Derrick Henry honestly kind of scares the hell out of me. Because Derrick Henry, this time of year, December, it's pretty well known that this guy gets like a second wind and is just freaking unstoppable this time of year. Okay, but the Titans, uh, the Titans have, <laughs> they have three losses. You know, they, they lost to the Steelers uh, 27-24 in a game they, they probably could have won. Um they got beat by the Colts 34-17, and then I think they just they just beat the Colts this weekend, right? Um, they lost to, to the Bengals 31-20. I didn't see that game. How in the world did they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, I'm going to say it right now, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow took over that game, and I will give him all kudos because... He technically is the legit number one overall because Joe Burrow took over that game, and I think he passed for like 400 yards, I think. Okay. But I, it was the Cincinnati defense finally showed up a little bit, but guess what they did? They stopped Derrick Henry. Yeah. So, so Browns have beat the Bengals twice. They beat the Colts. Um we're going to talk about Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> or the Ravens. You know, but but uh, Tennessee's got Derrick Henry, who's, who's on a roll. You know, I, I mentioned Nick Chubb. The last, uh, last three games for Derrick Henry, 74 carries, 414 yards, 5.6 a carry. Okay, so between he and Nick Chubb, they've got 800 yards between them the last three games. Yeah, so so you got that. Um, Tannehill has thrown twenty three touchdown passes, only only four picks, twenty six hundred yards passing, and you know he's got just an assortment of receivers. I think AJ Brown's missed time, and you know some other guys have too. But um, he's obviously got some guys that can catch the ball if he's thrown for twenty six hundred yards. So 
you know, their, their defense, their offense is, uh, you know, their offense can be tough. Um, their defense, you know, I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the stats and their opponents have more first downs than they do. Um, Converting better on on third downs, and and fourth downs are about the same. Um, yardage about the same. Uh, Tennessee's losing time pos- time of possession by a little bit. And I'm looking. I'm like, how how's this team even doing well? You know. And they get down, and and Tennessee is plus eleven in turnover ratio. Ooh. That I mean, that's big. Yeah, so when you get, when you you got a running back like that, and you know, and a good quarterback. And you're plus eleven. I mean, the Browns are plus five right now. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure really how to how to look at this game because Tennessee, I think, has what won. They've won three out of their last four, but they've also won three out of, out of their last six. Yeah. So, um, it's yeah, it's it's weird. But the great thing is, is you know, we're without Denzel Ward, but we got Miles Garrett coming back. Which we haven't had in the last two games, right? Right, right. So I think he's going to help with uh, stuffing Henry. But also, I also believe that if you put pressure on Tannehill, if they can get any sort of pressure on Tannehill, I think that's going to shake him. And I think he might throw a little more picks than what he's used to. Uh I, I hope the Browns come away with two picks in this game. Because I think the Miles Garrett effect might take over. Well, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think Miles is Miles has to have a big game in this game for the Browns to, you know, for the Browns to to stay in it. I think, um, you know, along with the fact that the Browns' offense needs to keep pace. Especially if if Tennessee comes out and the Browns have a hard time stopping Henry early. Yes, um, you know it's kind of the battle of the of the Browns' defensive line holding Henry enough early to where the Browns' offense can score some points. Uh, you know, and hopefully Miles can get in there and make some you know uh, create some turnovers and or or picks like you said. Also, I'm sorry, but oh, also they have to do the same thing with Chubb. Because they have to stop Chubb to do anything with us. I mean, it's the Chubb Hunt show. So they got to stop those two running backs. And I honestly, looking at their defense, don't think they can't. Well, folks, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, they're all gone. They're all over. It's not too late to do some Christmas shopping. If you want to do it the easy way, Head on over to our sponsor, Skippin' Stones on Etsy.com. Just search for the shop, S-K-I-P-P-I-N-S-T-O-N-E-Z. Uh, if you want to make it easier, you can search for Skippin' Stones on either Facebook or on Twitter, at Skippin' Stones. Find links there. Go and check out some great Christmas gift ideas, handmade jewelry, and other items. Get some great deals and free shipping on qualifying orders. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, they're they're giving up 4.3 a rush. You know, Henry's Henry's averaging like almost 5 a rush, but they're giving up 4.3 a rush and I don't know what the Browns are averaging, but I know Nick Chubb's averaging 6.6 over the last 3 games and Nick Chubb is not not the average running back they faced. 
And it's really funny because the way Nick Chubb runs, and we brought this up tonight, is it's not the first and second quarter where he gets you. Because, you know, after the first half, it's always like 23, 30, 40 yards. Mm-hmm. It's second half when everybody's wearing down. And he just he goes to a different gear. And then he ends up with 140 yards. It's like, what? hold on. You only had 30 yards rushing in the first half, but the second half, if we get the lead in the first half, I can almost guarantee a crap ton of carries for Chubb. Yeah, so Fatty, tell me this. The Browns have an excellent offensive line. They've got two great running backs. They go up against some of these defenses that are not great. Even if these defenses are looking run and putting, you know, seven, eight guys in the box part of the time, why does it take an entire half for the Browns to really get that running game going? First off, I think the last game, and I'm going to, I brought this up earlier today. I think the last game, because finally they were out of the wind, out of the rain out of the crap weather in Cleveland and they were in Jacksonville, I think they wanted to throw it just to let people know they still could throw it. Okay. And they started out hot throwing it because I remember mm-hmm. the bootlegs and everything else to Jarvis and all that. And I think Baker had, what, 260 yards throwing? I think yeah. it was. Yeah, right around 50. there. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, I'm not a stat guy, but they kind of backed off the run, but once they got the lead, the run came back. So yeah. it, it's almost like Stefanski is playing with people going, well, you think we're going to run all the time because we got Chubb and Hunt, so I'm going to do a whole bunch of rollouts and let's see what happens. And then it starts the first half, but the second half goes, well, we're already up 10 points on you. You guys got to stop us now. We got the two best running backs in the NFL. They have the two of the top 10 running backs in the NFL with Chubb and Hunt. I think Chubb's, what, fourth and Hunt's ninth? Um, I, uh, Chubb is actually sixth right now, but I think you're pretty close with, uh, with, with Hunt. So we have two top 10 running backs in our offense. What are you going to do? You're going to run the ball. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And once you take the lead, even if it's a field goal, you know, if they put eight in the box, that's completely fine because you know what that means? That gives Baker time to do the play action and hit whoever he needs to hit down the field, whether it be Bryant, Hooper, Landry, Hodge, Higgins. You know, it it's opened up so much with those two running backs. And I think we needed this last year. And they failed to use those running backs the way they were supposed to use last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would agree with you. Um, You know, it's still... I'm not criticizing Stefanski whatsoever because what they've been doing has worked great. But it still surprises me that we don't see Hunt and Chubb on the field together almost almost ever. I, I... Trust me, I know I am waiting for that time. And, like, I 
I joke around all the time because I can't wait to see Baker to pistol with Chubb and Hunt on his backside, and nobody knows where the ball is going at that point in time. They they can't because even if you do a play fake to Hunt, they got to actually respect Hunt for how he runs, and then you have Chubb on the other side. This is almost right. like the old school time of uh, of Biner of you know kick it. I mean. It's unreal what they're doing with them. But it's also nice because it seems like, and this is just me seeing it, it seems like Hunt is playing a lot more in the first half than he is the second half. Because it seems like they're using Chubb and Hunt sort of the same, but the second half, Chubb takes over as the power back. Yeah, and that's a little bit different from how they were doing it before. It used to be the first half was, you know, in into the third quarter was Nick Chubb, and then and then they would bring Kareem in, and he would kind of almost finish the game out. Yeah, and so, granted, I won a couple of fantasy games with uh, Chubb, so let's just keep giving Chubb the ball. I'm with you there. As long as he as long as he's running it the way he is. So I promised some more stats and comparisons with Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. So let's take a look at these guys. Uh, Derrick Henry's, you know, he's leading the league, 1,257 yards, 256 attempts. Those are both, those are both high, high numbers for the, for the, for the entire league. Um, Nick Chubb, 719 yards. He only has 115 carries. He's got less than less than half the carries of Derrick Henry. So let me put this in perspective. If if Nick Chubb had and and I'm not taking anything away from Derrick Henry or anything else, but if you take Nick Chubb's average yards per carry, if Nick Chubb had the the number of attempts that Derrick Henry has at his current yards per carry, Nick Chubb would have 1,600 yards rushing right now. Oh yeah. That just tells you how sick his average is at this point in time. Well, you also got to factor in he missed what three, four games, three yeah, games. He missed four games. Four games. So Derrick Henry's got four games on him. So let's add, let's say, a hundred yards per those games. He's right behind Derrick Henry, like not like a little bit behind. He's right on his ass. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> Nick Chubb has. Yeah, you, you did. Well, you said it now. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Nick Nick Chubb has less carries on the season than than Joe Mixon, than Adrian Peterson, than than uh, than Daryl Henderson, Latavius Murray. I mean, it's just uh, it, it's kind of fun to look at the list sorted by number of attempts. Um, Nick Chubb. Everybody probably knows is leading the league in and rushes up 20 yards or more. Even with all the missed games, he's got 10 rushes up 20 yards or more. If you figure that up, he's he's averaging a 20 yard run on every 11 and a half touches. <laughs> that is unreal. I mean, he's a he's a man of books, boys. He is. He is. It's it's just fun to watch, um, and I think uh, for me it's it's just that much more enjoyable knowing how he and Kareem um, 
just how they get along, how they like each other, how they work together, how both of them are unselfish, how I don't think either one of them cares who gets the touchdown, you know, who gets what carries. Uh, They're both team guys, and they're just, they're the kind of guys you want to build a football team around. They're they're not going to whine. They're going to just come and bust their butts and do everything they can to help the team win and just be, you know, just nothing about them. It's going to be all about the team. And that's the the one thing I brought up is was it's nice seeing an actual team. It's not individuals. It it goes along with hot and chum, but it's the entire team. Like they ride on each other's backs. Like watching Mac Wilson lay out a tight end because he was bullying a quarterback. You know, we don't see it that often. I agree. I agree. I mean, the whole team. I mean, the whole team's been like that this season. So, so tell me this: do you do you think that this entire team has bought in to Stefanski, to the philosophy, to everything that's happening, and that they're all pro team, or do you feel like Stefanski and and Barry and and the coaches? are just being extremely good about handling any issues at all internally. I think they all bought it as a team. I really do. I think this was the best move for the Browns. Just watching Barry's moves and Dee Potesta and Stefanski and how they're all working, I think it's working out great. I would agree with you because... No matter how how good an organization is, I think some kind of word would get out if somebody weren't happy. <laughs> but I don't know why anybody wouldn't be happy. I mean, they're they're eight and three. Um, you know, uh, you know. I think um, unless it's guys just not happy about getting touches, I don't know. I don't know why why else anybody would be unhappy. Um, you know. It, it's going to be it's going to be good to get miles back for this game um the the defense i don't know i mean what can you say about the defense you know they they gave up some points against the jags there was the officiating was was horrendous in that game Um, absolutely horrendous to go back and try to reconstruct that game for all the for all the bad officiating, you know, and figure out what the score actually should have been, you know, it's just too much work for me. But, um, but the Browns won. <laughs> there were some bad calls. Uh, the Browns defense stepped up again and made the plays that they had to make when they had to make them, you know, to keep the Browns in the game. And, and, and the Browns ended up winning. So hopefully with Miles back, um, you know, the, the Browns are – Still shorthanded on defense, but that's the way it is. You know, I mean, that's the way the league is this year. Uh, everybody's been shorthanded. Um, you know, the Browns have been shorthanded on defense all season long. So hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll get guys will keep stepping up. Yeah, it, it was weird for me to see Sadejo actually make plays, uh, especially on the two point conversions because. I hate to say it because I've been a horrible 
Dejo Hater. Uh, but he actually helped save us the game. And it's hard for me to say that watching all the missed tackles that he's had. But I also got to think back, you know, they lost Delpit. They lost now Ward at the time. There's no Miles Garrett. So they lost technically three of their starters right out of the gate. And Mac Wilson and the other linebackers are just now starting to get healthy. You know, Mac was out with his knee and Taki Taki. God, I just like saying Taki Taki. I'd kind of like to have one of his jerseys just because because it's a cool name. <laughs> I, like, we always joke around because we always go to a Japanese place and they always go, Saki! I'm like, no, yeah, of course I want Saki. And then I start going, oh, it sounds like Taki. Some Taki Taki on the side. Some Saki Saki. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean the linebackers. Uh, linebackers showed up last, you know, last week. It was nice to it was nice to see some good plays out of the guys last week. And it so. was the safeties, you know, like the touchdown pass that glided through with Joseph all over him was unreal. Like Joseph yeah. had him. Like I'm pretty sure that was pass interference, and then he mugged him <laughs> and stole his wallet. But <laughs> how that guy made the catch, I still have no idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, what can you say? The, the game's changing. These uh, NFL receivers are are getting to where, I mean, they make some incredible catches. What else? What else can you say? And and you know, it's not on every pass or anything. Guys still drop balls, but um, but yeah, some of the catches are are just crazy. Yeah, it's amazing when it hits them in the hands and then they drop it, but then they can make a one hand catch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely how how that goes. So I, I was just looking, and the the Titans apparently are a five and a half point favorite in this game, which, Oof. which, it, you know, it's a home game for them, so that's really not not much. It looks like it opened as a three point, you know, pick em, you know, almost a pick em game. Um, you know, with the Browns being on the road, but um, but uh, five and a half points. I'm not sure why it's why it's gone up. Um, Everybody's looking at Derrick Henry and what he did, and you know the Browns have a horrible rush defense. So I can honestly see how it goes. I mean, you know, you have your running back go for 160 and three touchdowns in the first half. I can see how the yeah. line moves a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect the Browns to be favored in this game. I really, I really wouldn't. But uh, oh. you know, they're both they're both eight and three. It's a home game for Tennessee. Um, you know, they're they've uh, they've been playing pretty well, and Browns have been playing pretty well. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's you know, it's really up to the offenses. I think it's time for payback for the Browns after the uh, home opener last year. I uh, hope that would be so nice. Well, most of the people, most of the guys on the team are still here from last year, and that thing was an embarrassment. And with Mariota, not even the quarterback they got now, it was Mariota was their quarterback, and he lit them up. It was like, are you kidding me? Like, what happened? And the Browns had what eleven or thirteen penalties in that game. I can't remember one or the other. 
I think it was 13. 13? 13, because it was not awful. That sounds right. Yeah, it was it was horrendous. Yeah, it was not a good game. So, so what uh, what kind of score are you expecting in this one? Not not a final score, but are you expecting a high scoring game? You know something? I want a high scoring game. I really do because if a high scoring game happens, that means Baker showed up for us. If a low scoring game happens, that means we're just managing everything and Chubb and Hunt run good. So I hope for a high-scoring game. That's just me personally. But like we said at the beginning, a win's a win. All you got to do is win, baby, win. Right. Honestly, yeah, I would (laughs) – I'm with you. I would rather – I think the Browns are going to still run the ball, you know, uh, somewhat regardless of the score. I, th- I think if the as the score gets higher, you probably take Derrick Henry out of the game a little bit. <laughs> well, you and would think so, but... You, you would think. You're not going to take him out of it entirely. Um, you know, Derrick Henry rushing for 200 yards and three touchdowns is kind of my is kind of my nightmare about this game. Yes, they. I if they could stop Derrick Henry. And not like a little bit stopping, but like if they can keep him around 100 yards, I yeah. think the Browns come out with a win on this one. I really do. Do you think it's simple enough to say that whichever back between Henry and Chubb has a bigger day, their team wins this game? I think, well, God, that's hard. That's so hard because if they both run the exact same. Like it, yeah, they do. They, yeah, they do, but they don't. But like, I watched the screen pass to Chubb, and I'm going, "Well, why are you passing Chubb more?" <laughs> like, I, oh, mean, I know yeah. he's only got uh, like, like, like uh, what six or eight catches on the year. Yeah, but the those six or eight catches are for like twenty yards a pop. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that if they try to load the box and stop them. I think at that point in time, I'm hoping that Hooper finally has the game that Hooper needs to have. Does I mean does that suffice? Yeah, yeah. I mean the Browns, the Browns have still have plenty of guys who can score on offense. Because. You know, I- I know the question that you asked me between Chubb and Hunt, but if they tried to slow him down, I think the play action is going to help out, and I think that either Najoku, Bryant, or Hooper is going to benefit from it. So they can still try to stop the run, and we're still going to run. It doesn't matter if we're not going to run or not. We're still going to run. But I think if they try to load up the box, I think that's when finally our tight ends show up. So you're saying Derrick Henry could have a bigger game. The Browns could still win this game. I think so. Okay. That, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that simple either. Um, you know, I would like – I think if either guy just has a huge game, yeah, it's going to probably win it for their team. You know, if Henry or Chubb rushes for three touchdowns, their team's probably going to win. Yes. But, 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 yeah, if it's a matter of one guy having 100 and then the other guy has 120 and they each have a touchdown, it's you know it's not going to matter. No, and also I think that Tennessee doesn't have the 
and I, I, I'll actually say it because I'm a Browns fan, I don't think they have the firepower. I don't think besides Derrick Henry, you know, we have a couple wide receivers that are okay, but I look at our lineup and I love our tight ends and mm-hmm. I love I love Landry in this game. I really do because I think finally he's healthy and yeah, he's yeah. and I think Landry in this game might blow up again for another was it 156 yards and a couple touchdowns. Yeah, well, yeah, I think he had 140 some, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to see Jarvis have a, have a great game like that. Because I I think he needs it again, because he already had it and he showed the team now that he's healthy, and mm-hmm. he showed Baker he's healthy now, and especially with Odell out, I think this might be, it might be juice time and let juice mm-hmm. run. That'd be great. I mean, and and then you just get some contributions from Hodge and Higgins and and the tight ends. You know, let's talk, let's talk about uh, Harrison Bryant for a minute. Um, the guy, the, the the kid's so talented. I mean, and then uh, you know he hit that dang fumble again. I was a little bit surprised that that Stefanski stuck with him, but but the fact that he was right back out there and getting targets, and then Joku's on the bench. <laughs> so and Joku's pretty much done after the season, isn't he? I think yes. the Browns are going to part ways. So, um, oh God, yes. But there's there's a reason why you said he had a fumble. That means he caught the ball, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so this is this is what lies in with the Joku, and it's been his big problem. Yes, he is a freak of an athlete, and don't get me wrong, he really is. But. He has a little stone hand problem sometimes. Now, granted, there's been catches that he's made that have blown my mind watching him do it, but they need it more consistent. And Harrison Bryant has got them that more consistent. Oh, yes. Plus, on the blocking side, between him and Hooper, you know, everybody's talking about we spent this much money on Hooper and he's not producing what we think he's supposed to be producing. If everybody watches close and watches right, he is producing all over that field because the blocking to open up the 70-yard runs for Chubb and Hunt, mm-hmm. Hooper and Bryant are right out in front along with Wyatt Teller. Who would have thought Wyatt yeah. Teller would be an instrumental part of this team? He's, yeah, been incredible. Just incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like Harrison Bryant. Um, you know, I, I think the Browns just, you know, the coaches just need to work with him. Um, you know, he's got great hands. He's just got to learn to secure the ball a little bit better. Um, you know, that the first fumble a few weeks ago, I think the ball was just stripped. You know, I don't even blame him for that one. He just needs to know how to secure the ball better. Uh, so, you know, so he's got a fumble. I, I really I liked that the Browns, you know, that they went right back to him. I think that's great. It shows them confidence. Um, you the, know, other it's the other fumble was Schobert, though. Schobert pushed it out from behind him. I mean, why can't we keep Schobert? <laughs> <laughs> don't want to get me started on that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, it wasn't even an effort to keep Joe here. So, I know. Um, I yeah, know. they could have. He probably could have used Joe on this team. <laughs> yeah, he's such a great guy. He really yeah. is. Yeah, it would have been would have been nice to have Joe Schober here. 
and especially a veteran, you know, because, you know, really we got what, BJ Goodson? Yeah, I got BJ Goodson, which uh, I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but, you know, I was looking, I was looking a couple nights ago and, you know, BJ Goodson actually is, is right up there in the lead for uh, snaps played this season. Along with Sadejo. Yeah, along with Sandejo. Um, you know, obviously it's guys on defense. Well, um, yeah, but I gotta do. Do you really like Sandejo? Well, the thing with Sandejo is, uh, you know, and, and my brother and I talk a lot about Sandejo on this podcast because my brother has has stuck um, stood up for him uh, quite a few times on Twitter because the thing with him is he wasn't going to be a starter on this team. Okay. No, 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 I get that, but it's supposed to be next man up. And at and, least, like, my biggest thing is, if you're going to throw your body in for a tackle, at least hit the guy. Yeah, but he's he's out there because he's the best available guy. And so he's out there doing the best he can. He's not the greatest no, player but, in the world. He's not a guy who would normally be starting. He's, you know, so he, he's what we have. He's a place filler this season. You know, until until Delpit comes back, until we're, you know, deeper to other spots. So, you know, um, so you take what you can get out of him this season. And, you know, he's he's made some good plays. He's, you know, he's looked terrible sometimes. He's made some boneheaded plays. But he, I think he's out there giving his best every game. Okay. I, I was just curious because, you know, we have red wine on the shelf. And I don't see red wine that often, but we spent what a fourth round pick on red wine. Yeah, but you know what? I think if if they thought red wine was better than Sanejo, I think he'd be out there. Okay. okay. I think it's I think it's a coaching decision. Okay. So, I, well, the obviously the coaches are comfortable with Sanejo because they know him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sanejo does a lot more up around the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's. I think he's pretty darn good up around the line of scrimmage. You know, he's not so great in coverage, but I don't think you should be leaving Sandejo one-on-one in coverage very often. You know, when he gets he gets caught in coverage one-on-one, you know, it's it's bad news. That's that's not his game. Unless it's a two-point conversion. Right, right. (laughs) At least I got you to laugh now. At least it's a two-point conversion. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I, I'm sure he even knows. You know, he's he's playing this season because of injuries, and because the Browns don't even have a true free safety on the roster, so so he's out there playing. Um, you know, he's doing he's doing the best he can. So I just I just don't feel it's right to slam the guy all the time. And he's just he's just out there doing his job and doing the best he can. And you know, he makes some good plays, and every good play he makes is kind of a bonus because you know. Um, just think we'll have, you know, we should have Grant Delpit out there next year. You know, oh, I can't wait for that. Were you excited about that pick? Um, you know what? I, at the time, I honestly really wasn't because I thought Winfield was a better pick at the time until I, until I did my research and, you know, and, and, and yeah, I, I'm excited about it now. I mean, that. Can't wait to see him. Like he is a superior ball hawk. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't at the time. I didn't realize how much his injury was hampering him. You know his his, oh, uh, no, his season at LSU. Oh, so, 
shoulder to his ankle. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, once I learned more about that and everything, you know, I, I knew the Browns got made a great pick. So, plus, I, I just, I trust Andrew Barry. I trust what these, you know, the players these guys bring in. So, so I might say, eh, you know, that's not what I thought. Whereas with some prior regimes, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, why in the world did they pick that guy? Whereas now I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know why they picked him, but I'm sure there's a good reason. <laughs> what I liked about it is they traded down and still got him. You that, know what? They, that they, was they, like big they thing. Worked, for me. Yeah, they worked at draft uh, the draft like like a master. You know, very did. Uh, just because, like very comfortable. And the one thing I have to say is nobody else will say it. Jedrick Wills. Are you serious? Like he, it. There's not many things that he has given up, but. He has played solid on that left side, and he's getting no kudos from nobody. He's been, yeah, he's been excellent. And he's, this he's is for, his, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, this is his This is his rookie year. This is when he's learning the freaking position. He's only going to get better. It, uh, you know, he it, was supposed to maybe struggle this year. Even struggling a little bit this year would have been okay for him. You know, he, he's he's had a few spots where he's jumped and stuff like that. But other than that, man, he's he's been excellent. Oh, he's been absolutely excellent because you know, even on the run, every like he's only given up. I think maybe I think five sacks over the year. Mm-hmm. I have to look at it, but I think that's what it is. But yeah, he's he's been solid on that left side, and guess what? That's what Baker needs to feel comfortable because of uh, uh, what, what do we call him? The Texas Roadster with the uh, the pot and everything else down there on the uh, Mexican border. I have no idea what you're talking about. Cam Robinson. Oh, <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I caught you off guard on that one. I was oh, you did. Make- you did. But yeah, no, I mean, the Browns, you know, the Browns have had some guys out there that have struggled who we thought were going to work out. And you understand that takes some time to learn to play left tackle there. So, so yeah, for him to come in and, you know, having played right tackle in college and to pick it up like he has. Yeah, that's, it's been pretty crazy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just, just think how good that guy's going to be in being a year or two. Do you think do you think he'll get to Joe Thomas status? Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, Joe I, I, I mean, don't think anybody. Certainly. I mean, Joe Thomas may be the best left tackle who who's ever played. You know, I mean, he he Joe Thomas was a you know, first ballot Hall of Famer who was a pro bowler from, you know, from his rookie season. So, um, you know, I I don't know if if anybody can get that good. You know, maybe he can you know, maybe he can. I guess you could say that if he makes Pro Bowls, um, that that he's, you know, um, if he makes a Pro Bowl a year, you can say he was as good for a year as Joe. But um, <laughs> but that's it. I mean, Joe Thomas. I mean, everybody tries to put him against Joe, and it, it's not fair because Joe, like you said, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, but Joe he, Thomas. He might be the best. He might be the best left tackle of all time. You know, I mean, I I I agree, but I I really do like Orlando Pace though. 
Oh yeah, well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything negative about Orlando Pace. I mean the big O was the big O. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean that's why I said might be. I wasn't gonna start a debate because I know there have been some guys who've been very very good, but there's there's a handful of guys and Joe's oh, no. in that talk for the best of all time. Well, I mean for as many snaps as he's had and as many games as he's played and hurt everything else, and it's. It's unreal to see him now skinny, though. Can he, can he at least be honest with me on that one? Because I don't like Joe skinny. Well, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, he looks he looks healthy, but yeah, he looks he looks he looks a lot different. He does look a lot different, but you know, he was even doing a little bit of that when he was playing. You know, he would he would lose some weight in the off season and do yoga and everything, and then beef back up before the season started. Unreal those guys could do that. I tried to do it, and I gained 20 pounds. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I mean, just just think if, uh, you know, if 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 uh, we had issues of left tackle this season. You know, I don't, I don't think Baker would have been as good as he is right now. I really honestly think I think last year broke him because he couldn't trust his left tackle and now he can. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And, you know, and that's uh I mean just just the entire offensive line. And it it's been it, it's been a big deal. It really has. So um but kudos to uh to Andrew Barry for for fixing it, you know? Definitely. So let's uh We've been going for a while here, so let's uh, let's give out some score predictions for this Titans game. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I'm going to let you go first. You're going to let me go first? Yeah, you give a score prediction. and If you feel like throwing out any stat predictions or anything for any players, you can do that, too. That's not, not a requirement. I, I am going to go uh, Browns. 31 and Titans 21. Nice. You, any any stats you want to talk about? Uh, well, obviously, Chubb's going to get at least 150 because that's what Chubb does. <laughs> but I think at that point in time, I think Baker's going to have three touchdown passes, no interceptions. And I think uh, it's going to be a really it's not really going to have i think hooper and bryant each have a touchdown hooper and bryant are you nice to see yeah are you marking this down i'm writing it down it's recorded too though don't write this down (laughs) don't write this down it's already recorded it's going out to the masses (laughs) i know but you wrote it down for later I'm writing it down to so I can try to get something in my head because I haven't thought about what score I'm giving out yet. You so, know, I don't want to give the same score as you, but I want to give something out that makes sense. So, so can I give you a little basis. So the rest of the guys at Illegal Ham in the Face picked the Titans to win. But they picked the Titans to win close. I think it was 31-24 and I think 30-27. Yeah. And I don't pick the other team. I never do. And that's why I'm 8-3 right now. <laughs> I'm sure I'm 8-3 <eight> also. 
You know, I, I think uh, I think you're on to some. I think the Browns are I think the Browns are going to score quite a few points in this game, and I think they're going to have to open it up somewhat um, because I think I think the Titans are going to score some too. I think I think the Browns are going to struggle a little bit against Derrick Henry. So I think uh, you know I think he's going to do a little bit of rumbling, but I think uh, I think Baker and Chubb are going to are going to have their games too. So. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna say I'll just go a little bit higher because <laughs> I like to take the over. I'm not sure what the, I don't know what the over under is on this game. I didn't see that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Browns are gonna win 35-28. So I'm looking a little bit more high scoring on this one. Nice, I like it. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think Chubb's gonna. I think Chubb will hit that 150 mark, and you know, I think he, I think you might get a couple touchdowns in this one. You're going with two. T- what about uh, Hooper and Bryant? Um, you know what? I I think uh, I think maybe I'll go back to what you're talking about with Jarvis. I think Jarvis might might be the guy who gets in the end zone a couple times. Oh God, I hope so. You're getting so, me all excited about next week. God, I hope we're right. <laughs> I hope we're right too. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we're Browns fans. How That's often right. Are we're right? eight and three. <laughs> we're having fun and we're soaking it in. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna close up shop here. Is there any? parting words you would like to leave everybody with all the Browns fans, anybody who happens to be listening? Not really. Just soak it in, people, because we're 8-3. It's been a very, very long time since this happened. And just enjoy the ride. doesn't matter what happens. As long as you win, baby, just win. All right. This has been the Browns Blitz. We will catch you next time. <laughs>